Two weeks ago, we talked about following God. We found out this. If you're going to follow God, number one, you cannot follow culture, traditions, religions, doctrines. You can't do it. Number two, you can't follow people that are not following God. And number three, you really can't trust yourself. For any man that's an island to himself, you're deceiving yourself. This is why that it's very important you come in the local covering. Because that way, that, that, that be, when, you, when you separate yourself from, from biblical teaching, you become a law unto yourself. And that's very dangerous and it's very deadly. There's a lot of people that used to come through the back doors and had their own constant theologies until I kind of correct them biblical and that's why they, they left. That's the truth. I'd always tell you the truth. So we could have differences in secondary doctrines, but the blood of Christ is, is, is the primary doc, doctrine that we teach in this church. There are three really basic, somebody asked this, so if there's, if there's, if there's different thinkings and if there's different uh, teachings that are going around, so what can be found in the local church? Well, I'm going to give you three of them. There are three categories of people in the church, including this one. I'll never leave this one out. I would never cut you any slack whatsoever. There are three categories of folks in churches today, three of them. Number one, it's called informed. By definition, the word informed means having a knowledge of a certain subject. Informed. James chapter one, verse 22 says it like this. Be you doers of the word and not just hearers only because by doing not the second, what's this? You're deceiving yourselves. You know what's more worse than being, if that's good English, you know what's worse is the wrong word. Than, than deceiving someone is being deceived because you don't know it. And that scares me. That should scare the fire out of you. You and your thoughts and your opinions, and you should be terrified to make sure that I'll tell you right now, we've lost the, the holy fear of stepping right here. We've lost it. We've made it entertaining. We, we made it more uh, pageantry. And we've lost the fear of, of make sure that everything we say and do lines up to the word of God. So this to break this down in simple form, the word here, a is the word that means able to hear sounds. The word doer, poetess, where we get a word for a performer. So there's a difference between somebody. I'm going to give you the definition. Now, the, the, the Greek says it like this. One, the hearer, is for credit, and the doer is for audit. Has anybody went to college? Okay. They're called college credits. So here's the true definitions of don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer, because if you don't, you deceive yourself. Here's the deal. By definition, a word credit means I attended the class. I heard what was being said, but I didn't pay attention, so I flunked. But I did attend the class. Credit. I got credit for it. I signed up for it. But I didn't pay attention, and I flunked. The word audit is where we get a Greek word called audition. Audition, it means to perform it, act it out. So James is saying, don't just be someone that enrolled in church and sat there on a pew and you forgot what was being said. Write it down, rehearse it, 
and perform it when you leave this place. Because if you don't, you may say that you're saved, but you may not be. Because you say, well, I feel like I'm saved, but you missed sermons two, years, two weeks ago. Never trust yourself because the heart is dangerous. You can't trust it. So there's only one that we can trust. And we found out last week that the way we know is number one, that we have to align with scripture. Remember that? And what was the second one? Do you remember? Boy, you were paying attention. The doctrine that we teach is twofold here. Number one, this thing must align with scripture. And number two, does what I teach make me more like Christ? And if it doesn't, you're being deceived. And I'm blowing the trumpet in Zion this morning. Okay? So to be hearers of the word, it means that I hear stuff. It's, it's, it's kind of like, again, I go to on, on cruises a lot. And we go to Mexico. I don't know anything. About, I know two or three Spanish words. Like, I know where the bathroom is. That's pretty important. I know where that one's at. And I know things like, uh, she knows one is called uh, throw him off the boat. I don't know why she says that in Spanish. But I'm, I'm hearing them. They're human beings and, and we're eating dinner together, but I don't understand anything they're saying. So therefore, I don't do anything they say because I don't understand it. Don't just say, oh, I went to church and flunk next week. Come to church, pay attention, write it down, and then perform it this week. If not, if not, well, never mind. You should. Matter of fact, watch this. Romans chapter 2, verse 13 says it like this. Says it again. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. He's, he's talking to the Jews. And he said, listen, it's not just enough. You know the law, but you're not doing it. And you're not putting God first and you're not loving your neighbor. You're not doing these things. Oh, you may have it and you may have it strapped to your head. And some of you probably know enough scripture to choke a meal, but are you really performing it? So the answer is, is funny. James chapter 1, 22 and 24, we go back to this. This is in the Message Bible. It says this. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're not anything but you're letting the word of God go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear and those who hear and don't act like those who glance in a mirror and walk away. And uh, two minutes later, they have no idea who they are or what they look like. You understand the difference between glass and a mirror? What's the difference? Silver. Silver is the, the medal of redemption. Wow. You can take a plate glass and you can look through it and I see Steve Byers as imperfections. But you can take that same plate glass and put silver on the back of it and no longer I can see him. I see myself. True redemption in Christ means this. I don't spend my time looking at the faults and imperfections of other people. I'm more interested in making sure that the guy that in the mirror looks more like Jesus. So there's all kinds of information. There's all kinds of things that being informed, like, uh, oh, there's psychic networks. Like, like, I know what you're thinking. I, I don't know what you're thinking. 
We can try. Hey, you'll try something? Watch this. Get your pencil paper real quick. Write down. Are you good with numbers? Are you pretty good? This is not a joke. Are you pretty good at numbers? Okay, get you something. Think of the number between one and ten. Don't tell anybody. Are you ready? Double it. Just say good or amen. Are you three? Are you good? If I wait too long, you're going to forget it. Add ten to it. Divide that by two. Subtract the original number from that. Go ahead and subtract one more. Now correlate that to the alphabet. A is one, B is two, and you get the rest of them. And pick a country that starts with that letter. Good? The last letter in that country, name an animal. Have I lost you already? And then the last letter of that animal, name a color. Oh, that's crazy. There's no orange kangaroos in Denmark. The conformed. There you go. Very straighten up. I know what you're thinking. The Bible said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be ye not conformed to this world. And this word world is aeon. It, it means it's system, it's politics, it's religions, it's governments. Don't be conformed to it. So we have people in the church, including this church right here, that only just comes to the door and they hear things and they hear sounds and they hear reverberations, but they do nothing with it. They do nothing with it. They don't apply it to themselves. They just walk right out the door, unchanged, unmoved. And they go back and do the same thing they've been doing, but yet they say, for credit, I showed it for church. I'm glad you're here. Number two, there's what we refer to as the conform. Be not conformed to this world. The word conform is where we get a word called schemazzo, or where we get a word for schematic drawing, a diagram, a formula, a designs. The original Greek puts the word S-U-S in front of it. It means an ongoing Schematic. There's ongoing changes in the world. The world constantly changes. If the world says it's okay, then the Christians adopt that concept. It's not okay. I said it's not okay. I've been here too long to, to, to surrender now. Okay? So you, 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 you do what you need to do, but, but, but he said don't allow the world or the religious world. We're not just talking about pimps and prostitutes and plumbers. We're talking about the religious world and the demands and the laws. And, and just because somebody that is, is, is in a certain denomination that, that peers himself over you that says, well, this is the way it is. Make sure it lines up with scripture. And then number two, make sure it makes you more like Christ. And if it doesn't, throw it out. Schemazzo is a word we get for a schematic drawing, a diagram. He said, don't let the religious world draw out a map or a diagram of what you should look like, act like, and respond to. Number one, allow the scripture to deal with you. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to confirm that thing in you. And, and the end result is it will make you more like 
Jesus. Absolutely. So here, here's, here's the, my definition of it. It's Mr. Potato Head. It kind of looked like Virgil's senior picture, but I had to change a couple of things a little bit. The thing about Mr. Potato Head, by when we use the word conforming, is it is always needing extra external parts and assembly will be required. Always. So we can, we, can, we can begin with Mr. Potato Head and we can add a few parts and now then we got what? Mr. Transformer. It's the same potato. <laughs> I mean, where else can you go to church to see Mr. Potato Head? Really? I mean, it's the same guy. What, what do we do? We just, we just add parts. So you go to one church and go, oh, that, we, we don't do that here. Put that part on. Then we got another, you go to another church and here, Mr. Policeman, Mr. Potato Head Policeman with a baton and a bazooka and a handcuffs and it's, you've got to have extra parts. So you go to another church and oh, where did you hear that at? I don't know. And now we, we have a doctor, that's Danny Dvorak when he graduated from, so it's the same potato. You have to have somebody bring different parts. And, and of course, last but not least, thank you very much. It's, we have Elvis. And, and so it's the same potato, but being conformed, it means this, is other people and other religions are dictating to you what to wear, how to act, how to respond. And you're always conforming to that. The word S-U-S in front of skamazo means it's constantly someone is changing your mind. It's an old saying, help me make up my mind. You understand. In this, there is a constant need for extra parts and assemblies will always be required by religious services. And then there's a third one. And we're going to refer to that as the transformed so number one, there's people in here that'll come here that it's informed. You're going to hear what I have to say. You're going to hear sounds and it doesn't mean anything. You flunked. You flunked. You're flunking. You're not putting into practice. You just signed up for the credit. You didn't want to audition nothing. And then hopefully some of you come in there and say, here, I'm just a plain potato. Make me be what you want me to be. And I'm not that guy. Only God knows what you are called to be. And what I won't do is tell you to do this and stack your hair up and take it off and lengthen that dress. And I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't put demands and regulations on you that is not really specified in the Word of God. I won't, I'll never do that. I'll never lock you up. I'm the guy who cuts the gate out because I want to see will you run off or will you stick around. I'm that guy. I mean, you come to my house and you hear somebody kicking, screaming, beating on the door and crying. You say, who's that? Oh, that's Gayla. I have to lock her up. She loves me, but I have to lock her up. Well, listen, if she loves me, I can unlock her. Oh, yeah, I'm afraid to leave that church. They told me I'd go to hell. Well, then leave. See what the chances are in that. You cannot change people's heart by intimidation. And I, I choose not to do that. But the third one's called the transformed. The Bible says, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
The Greek definition for transform is metamorphos. Meta means across, and morphos means to change, and it means to change or evolve or develop into something else without the need of external or extra external parts or components. You don't need it. So this is way before some of you were even born. We even kind of kind of talked about their music practice. It used to be on the old cartoons that have a song with a bouncing ball. Remember that? Some of you do. Some of you do. <laughs> That's kind of what we need during church. Boom, boom, boom. Transformed in Matthew that when Jesus went to Mount Transfiguration, that was not what the mountain was called. It's what happened on the mountain. Meta, it means a cross. Morphos means to change. Jesus was changing a cross into something he already was. He didn't need external parts and pieces. Remember what they said? Who, who do, who's men say that I am? So immediately they went out and got a Mr. Potato Head coat and put on him and said, some said that you're Elijah. And someone else said, I'll be right back. And they went and got a Mr. Potato Head costume and said, some said that you're like Jeremiah. And the rest of them said, some say that you, you're, you're, you're the other prophets of, of old. They tried to put Mr. Potato Head pieces on him. And Peter said, wait a minute, he's not any of that. He, you're the son of God. What Jesus accomplished on that Mount Transfiguration, that he didn't need pieces and extra parts and components to make him something, he changed and developed into who he already was. He was the Son of God. So in about 1980 or so, I remember we lived across the street in a trailer house, and, and it was around Christmas time, and one of the boys, for, for and, and kind of keep in mind, I'm, I'm really challenged on, on, on certain things, but... One of the boys was in the front room playing with a toy and, and he had a, and it, it's common knowledge now, but he had a little robot, whatever it was, got it for Christmas. And I'm sitting there watching him, not really paying attention. Next thing I know, it's an airplane or a boat. And, and the next thing I think it's a car. And I said to him, I said, where'd you get that at? And he says, it's a transformer. And this is what he said, more than meets the eye. I said, let me see that. And I took it and I started, I started messing with it and I have no idea what it was, but it wasn't anything like what he had it. I wadded up and I got aggravated and I said, here, here, do something with that. And in just a few moments, like a, a Rubik's Cube with eyes and ears, he made it back into a plane or a boat or, or, or a robot. No extra parts, no extra pieces was required. It was all within the skill of the hands that transformed it into different things without adding anything to it. See, the great thing about it is here, the reason why, they, turn to somebody and say, you've been a mess lately. Tell them, I won't even look at you. But the problem is you're allowing someone else to fabricate what you should look like. When I had that thing, it, 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 it looked like two cats fighting in a, in a clothes dryer. But, but when he had it, he, he knew how to manipulate it, whereas a robot or a plane or a boat. It's amazing. If you'll just say, God, I give up. I look like a mess. I am a mess. People say I'm a mess. And I'm going to put my hands in your hands. And would you please make me what you call me to be? It's amazing. 
And I did that a long time ago. But I've had people stomp in there and say, well, I think well, you ought to do that. I said, I think you ought to go home. God's got me. And I'm doing exactly what I think the Father has called me to do. It may not be the most popular. It may not be the most profound. It may not be the biggest. But one thing for sure, I'm honoring my Father. Period. So, I say to you as a transformer, some of you, not all of you, because some of you are just informed and you're going to flunk this week and you're going to fail. Some of you are, are just conformists. Well, whatever the crowd's doing, whatever my buddies are doing, whatever my friends are doing, that's what I'm going to do. That's miserable. Why don't you allow God to transform you? And how do you do that? By the renewing of your mind. Adam was God's first transformer. It began with a ball of dust. And out of that dust, a man came. And out of that man was a gardener, a companion, an educator, a vessel to bring about the woman. He was a father. He was a priest. He, he was a protector. God completed all these projects through Adam without having to go back to the dust and get extra parts. It was all in him. When, when you're born, you're born with a liver and a gizzard and all that stuff in you. You're born with it. Now, I know there's some defects. I'm not making light or fun, but I'm telling you, most of you are normal. Some of you normal. There's one of us in here that's normal. But, but, but you're born with body. You don't have to go back to the doctor and say, hey, you forgot to put a liver in me. You're born with that. You're born with these components. And because you're born, they learn to grow and expand. When you get born again, everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness is already in you. The problem is the church has told you that you need that priest or that preacher to make sure lay hands on you and pray for you that you get it. And that is a lie. When you get born again, everything you need is already in you. It's just awaiting activation. Now, we come to church, some of us, to learn about the things of God and worship God and, and, and how we can hone our skills. But there's nothing, there's nothing magical on this stage. If you're born again of God, God has never withheld anything from you. It's just, it's, it's about, we're going to talk about this. Every gift and ability, we're already on the inside of Adam, awaiting timing, opportunity, and activation. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, it tells us that we have a purpose. And that purpose is to be used by God. But that purpose has a twin, and it's called timing. And we already may have the talent in us, but it's not yet the right time to use it right now. So have you ever watched these big orchestras on television and or you go see an orchestra and it's, it's really good. It's really, it's, they're really talented people. And I'm, I'm always, I'm always kind of uh, partial to one instrument uh, among them all. You know what that is? You'll never guess it. The cymbal or the gong. I think because it makes a lot of noise. I love music. But that guy back there in the cymbal, he's got one job. He don't have to tune it. He don't have to change keys. All he's got is one job. Chicka-boom. But can you imagine that he may have the talent to go chicka-boom? 
But can you imagine if him going chickapoom right in the middle of a slow verse? He would get the stink eye. Usually those symbols are for big moments and the end of the shot, just the very end and they have this gong. And I mean, it's just magnanimous. Oh boy said, the last thing that happens is somebody hit a gong or a symbol. The guy could have a purpose of playing the symbol, but if the timing is wrong, he ruins the song. Gifts and talents are already in us. Giftings and talents and, and are already in us. But here's the deal. Purpose has a twin called timing. And don't get ahead of the, of the things of God. Wait for God to give you the nod or the conductor to give you the pointy. Because that's why the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, a forio is the word. It's a word for an orchestra conductor. Hebrews chapter two. We are all instruments in the orchestra, but not everybody sometimes all plays at the same time. It is up to the conductor to, to raise you up and sometimes the rest sets down. But make no mistake about it. That's how these things work. You may have giftings and talents and, and you have all these things. You're just waiting for opportunity and activation. But I'm telling you, you don't have to have extra parts and pieces from anybody. It's already in you. And as Adam went from dust to a man, to a gardener, to a companion, to an educator and all these things, God did everything within him without needing extra parts and pieces. And here's what I say to you. I don't need a godly president to live a life of faith. I don't need a godly governor. I don't need a godly mayor. I don't need anything. I don't need anything to, to help my walk of faith. As long as my fight, my faith and my life is set towards Christ, I don't need any of these things. Now, if we get it, that's fine. But as you heard me say a thousand times in the book of Hebrews, these great men and women of faith never had a godly king. They never had a king or a president and say, oh, you're doing a good job, brother. They had the opposite. If you say that again, I'll cut your head off. And they said, we're going to say it again. See, we, we, we're looking for the government to do what only God can do. And I'm not against a godly government, but I don't need it. And here's the, here's the deal. The closer we get to end times, you're not going to see it. So, you can only, I wrote, you can only confirm someone to become who they already are. True success in God is coming to the realization of who you already are right now without anyone else's extra parts and pieces. Jesus John the Baptist, their mothers could give them birth, but they could not give them names. Their mothers could give them birth, but God would not allow their mothers to give them names because their mothers did not know the destiny that God had for them. Never allow anyone to name you who does not know the full destiny that God has given you. Amen. Good word. Yeah. See, oh, everybody wants to name you, but don't let them do it. 
God has a purpose for your life. You are the transformers of God. God's going to move you from one thing to the next. God can develop and envelop something in you you didn't even know you had. I told, I told somebody the other day, listen, you have no idea how strong you can be when, when being strong is your only option. When your only option is being strong in faith, you'd be, you'd be surprised how strong you can be. But as long as people can bail you out, as long as the government can bail you out, as long as certain things can do, you, you're not strong in faith, but you'll come to a place where everything else has failed you and you'd be surprised how strong you become. Don't let anybody ever name you for what God has, has plans for your life. Don't ever do it. You'll make a mistake. Allow God to transform you. How? By the renewing of my mind. So I know in Pentecostals, I raised Pentecostal church, I talk about them because I used to be one. But boy, I mean, you come in there and just barely making it to the door and you say, oh, I'll be glad when music starts. I'm going to come down there and let them lay hands on me. And I'm not against that. I understand what it means. I understand the principle. I'm not making light of it. I fully understand. I'll talk to you about it. But I will tell you, they're, 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 they, they taught me a mistake. Because my dependency now come upon that messenger instead of the message. Ooh. And I got news for you. Don't clap at one time, but I won't always be here. And if your salvation and your walk with Christ depends upon certain of me, because listen, I'm telling you, as John the Baptist said, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. I don't want you to see me. I don't need to be seen. I just need to be heard. My responsibility is to declare the word of the Lord. And hopefully that you are not flunking this class. Hopefully it's getting in you and you're and you're auditioning it into the world. You're trying it out. You're putting it into practice. And being conformed, I don't need to be conformed. Thank you. I don't need you to put that stuff on me. Thank you. The first thing that Saul wanted to do with little David is put his armor on him. Thanks, but no thanks. It doesn't fit. Back off, Jack, and let me loose. I told you one time we started this. I had a little Church of God license so I could marry someone. I, I mean, I talked to somebody, got one. It wasn't a big deal. Didn't go to school about it. It just went because somebody won't marry him. And, and when I started this church, the pressure of the Church of God came to see me. Great big old guy in the mall. Had, hadn't been open a week. He goes, are you Mr. Ham? I said, well, it could be. Who are you? He's a great big guy. Great big guy. He said, well, I'm the pastor of the church of God, blah, 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 blah. I said, well, good. He said, uh, I just want to inform you, you can't start a church here. And I said, well, who died and left you, God? He said, we already have three of them. And, and you, can't, you can't, we know that you have a, a Christian worker's license and you cannot do this. We will not let you. I said, I'll be right back. I went to that little office, it's in Broadline Mall, a little plaque, no big deal. I had, I had it about two weeks. I took it, took it out of the plaque because my wife bought me the little picture frame. I took the thing out and I ripped it about four pieces. I said, here, you can take this and you can leave my property. I don't need you. And he turned around and looked at me. This is what he said. He said, Ardmore's a burnout field. You won't last a month. He lied. <laughs> he lied. So what I'm telling you, never let someone name you they don't know your destiny. God called me. God arranged it. God set it up. God ordained it. And let God be truth and let every man be a liar. 
If God is in you, you're going to make it. You're going to do great things. I don't care what Michelin does, fire department does. I don't care what they say. I don't care what bills they pass. If God's involved in the thing, he will cause the thing to be fruitful. Now then, we got to go. The prodigal son, by definition, about renewing your mind, the word prodigal is not even the Bible. It's a word for a plumber. Someone who's lost their mind. The word prodigal is not even in the scriptures. We talked about the prodigal son, but the word prodigal, by definition, it's a Latin word called pro gear. Uh, pro is ahead of, and a gear is to be driven or drive, where we get the term in the Greek for a gear that moves a vehicle, a gear. So we have, a, we have a young man, you know the story better than I do, but we have a young man that got kind of bored with dad and dad was an old fuddy-duddy and watched his dad do certain things. He said, I'm out of here. I want my inheritance and I'm gone. And he wasn't thinking. The definition of pro-gear was wild horses that were out of control with no boundaries. That's the true definition of a prodigal. Wild animals that refuse to be fenced in it means a man or a woman or a live animal that are living a life outside of boundaries. So whether it be stallions, stampedes, herds of cows, bull yaks, whatever it may be, that these animals are running wild, out of control, with, with no fences or boundaries. It's a stampede of thoughts and emotions that are driving the actions of that person. Are you a prodigal? Don't answer that. You don't like anybody to tell you what to do. You don't play well with others. I'm going to do my own thing. You're a prodigal. Your emotions run wild. Oh, I don't care what he says. You should care. Because like I told you a few weeks ago, the punishment of sin is not separation from God in hell. You may be in punishment right now. You just don't know you're incarcerated. It's called deceived. You have no idea. Because if you're conceived in jail, born in jail, and raised in jail, you never know you're in jail. It's a stampede of thoughts and emotions that are driving the actions of a certain person. And this is this young man. His father loved him. His father set perimeters for him. His father wanted the best for that. The Bible said, whom God loves, he what? Chastises. Mastagu is the word to leave a mark. The father's intentions was nothing was honorable because he loved his son. But the son says, I'm going to live my life without my old man. I'm sick of my old man telling me what to do. I'm tired of the church telling me what I need to do. I'm going to be my own man. And off I go. And they go. And a stampede of thoughts and emotions lead their body into a lifestyle that is not good. Been there, done that. But the Bible tells me in Luke 15 and 17 that this young man, he came to himself. He came to himself. He came to himself. He was simply transformed because he renewed his mind. He wasn't attending a revival when this happened. He wasn't watching a religious program. And one of those pigs did not prophesy to him. 
<laughs> like Balaam's donkey. He already knew who he was. And because he knowing that, it led him back to the Father. And I'm gonna close with this. Nothing on earth is more powerful than a mind that has been made up to become every and all that God has said that he could become. There's three people in the church here today, here last week, here next week. There's three categories of people. Number one, the informed. They're here, but they're not paying attention. All they want to do is show up for class. Number two, the conformed. Mr. Potato Head. I need somebody to tell me what I need to look like, act like, dress like, put on, take off, and all that stuff. And that's why that you have all, all these religions that tell you, put it on, take it off, wipe it off, put more on, shout a little harder, run a little faster, Mr. Potato Head. And after you do all that, you still you find yourself empty and dry. And then there are the transformed. And here's the deal. We all make mistakes and we all hit the trash cans from time to time. But this young man, he came to himself. One thing I can have, I have children and grandchildren. And even though that they're not exactly here every service like I would want them to be, but here's the deal. I trust my father. Here's the news. I don't really trust any of you. But I trust my father. And my father knows the right time, whether it be in a church pew or a pig pen, that my boys and my grandchildren will renew their mind and say this, I already know who I am. I am the righteousness of God. I've been born again by the blood of Christ. Heaven awaits me. Peace and prosperity is it where my father is? And by renewing their mind, it will take them back to the right relationship to a father who loves them. So if you're here this morning, my prayer for you is that you would be that transformer. Turn to someone this morning and say this just as serious as you can. There's more to me than meets the eye. I may look like a single mom. I may look like a single dad. But there's more to me than meets the eye. I might have went through a horrible divorce. I might have just lost my job. But there's more to me than meets the eye. I'm God's transformer. And he can manipulate me to become every and anything he wants me to be without extra parts and pieces from anyone else. Father, this morning I pray that that we have made up our mind this morning that we're not just going to come here for credit. We're going to be good listeners. We're going to write it down. 
We're going to take pictures of the screen on the wall. We're going to get your word in us and then we're going to perform it starting today. We're going to audition it because we don't want to be deceived. And Father, we're going to go beyond that. We're going to be more than just Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head where people attach parts and pieces on us that they want on us. And we're going to, we're going to rid ourselves of that. We are transformers of God. And whatever that you need from us starting today, would you please shape us, fabricate us, move our parts that we will honor you from being a minister to someone who knows how to carry groceries to someone that is hurting, to be a friend, a comforter, all these things that we may glorify you. And if any one of you in this morning that are here, that that are in the pig pen, and you've been been driven by a stampede of thoughts and emotions that have taken you to places you probably did not need to go, would you just please stop this morning? Stop right where you are and renew your mind. This is not who I am. I don't belong here. I don't belong attached to that friend. I don't need to be around that acquaintance anymore. My life is a mess. I'm a wreck. I've made a mistake, but I am no mistake. I belong with my father and his family. And I'm asking you this morning, would you just come back home? There's no elder brother here. There's no wrong motives here. Would you just come back home? And we'll gladly receive you to a place where you know you belong. Father, that is our heart and that is our prayer. And we give you thanks in Christ's name. And all the prodigal sons said amen and amen. Stand with me if you would, please. Give the Lord a praise offering because the Lord this morning is worthy today. Ain't God good? Man. What do you what do you mean, orange kangaroos in Denmark? I don't understand why you even think that. Communion servers, if you'll please come this way. I treat communion the same way. I don't do communion for credit. I just don't go through the motions. I understand what's going on. Some of you just need your mind renewed. You don't need anybody to lay hands on you. You don't need to wear sackcloth and ashes. You don't need anybody to prophesy to you. You need to renew your own mind. You need to come to yourself this morning of who you are in Christ. That's a very powerful, driven man.
That night, Jesus sat with His disciples and He took the bread and He lifted it up and He said, for 1,500 years, you've been celebrating the first Passover that took the unleavened bread. And Christ said in John 6, He said, your fathers did eat of the bread that my Father reigned from heaven, but they did eat it and hungered again. But He said, if any man eat of me, he will never hunger again. And they took the bread. He took the cup. For 1,500 years, you've been celebrating the lamb's blood that was taken in, in the shape of a cross upon the doorpost that the death angel, the Abaddon, would pass over them that night. And Jesus said, I am the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And my father it will, will now take my blood and place it in the shape of a cross. And whosoever shall eat of this bread or drink of this cup, remember me. And that's what we're doing again today. We're going to remember what Jesus has already done in us. Father, bless this cup and bless this bread. And continue to transform us into your sons and daughters according to your kingdom in Christ's name. Amen.